0: This is the Growing Eternity podcast with Mara and Jim, where we talk about the Judeo-Christian mystic traditions of spending time with God in eternity, interpreting dreams, and meeting anonymously. We have reformatted these traditions as modern practices, grounded both in sacred scripture and behavioral science. Join us as we talk about two minutes in eternity, dreaming once, interpreting twice, and growing eternity anonymously.
1: Good morning. Good afternoon. Testing, hey, testing. Mara. Hey, Jem. How you doing?
0: Good. How you doing?
1: I'm okay.
0: Anything exciting going on?
1: Oh, anything exciting? Not, not good. Exciting. I mean, it's a sunny day here in New England, so. That's kind of new and exciting. (laughs) Yeah. How about you?
0: What's the the not good and the exciting stuff?
1: Oh, gosh. A couple things. So, um, we have a cat who's well, but he's very furry. And I'm trying to get mats out of his long furry self. And he puts up a fight. That's just... That's not exciting.
0: <laughs> oh, but if you um, it's kind of get the, it's like, yeah. If you get the special detergent and your your wash machine <laughs> has a cat cycle, you could just put the cat <laughs> in there on the cat cycle.
1: I, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you caught me in the nick of time because I didn't know what that cat cycle meant. So that's yeah, good. yeah, um, yeah.
0: Like <laughs> it's like the popcorn button on your microwave. <laughs> yeah, it just, just eliminates the guesswork. You put it in there, hit the popcorn button, and the, the cat cycle. <laughs> you just put the cat now, some dishwashers have a cat cycle, so you put it in the dish, <laughs> hit the cat cycle.
1: All right. And our apology, my apologies to anybody who's had a cat get into one of those things.
0: Yeah, don't do it unless you have a cat cycle. Okay. So um, you know, so anybody out there. If you don't have a cat cycle, then you don't, you know, don't do it with your cat. So no,
1: no. Yeah. So he's just he's cranky and you know, I'm like, please help me help you. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. kind of like that. Yeah. Oh well, that's all right.
0: So So that's, that's that's aggravating excitement, not 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 traumatic excitement.
1: It's aggravating excitement, yeah, yeah. I, last year we had to get some professionals to help because he's just so furry and yeah. Just get I can do like, get some what? Clippers. And uh, I have this thing called the Furminator or some kind of Reiki thing and not Reiki as in yeah, the, yeah. the art of, you know, whatever, it, but it's like a comb slash thing. I can get pretty much everything done. His undercoat is a bayer, And so when you get him on his back and you try to do it ever so gently, he's like lashing and, you know, he's just a lovable cuddly cat until you get to that point. And then it's like, you know, I have lacerations and yeah, calling 911, but yeah. So that's, that's the most excitement, which I guess is good if that's the most excitement.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad.
1: It's not too bad. And my poor head. My poor head is, there's something going on with my my head. So I don't know. Someone said that if you had the COVID vaccine, I don't even want to go into this. But anyway, just kind of like browning expecting out.
0: Expecting your allergies? Is it springtime up there in New Hampshire? <laughs> I mean, up, up there in uh, Massachusetts? It
1: is. There's the yeah, other stuff coming out. So it could be that. But oh, my goodness, just foggy fog yeah why did allergies affect you that way
0: yeah i mean i think it was the worst probably about two weeks ago um mm-hmm. but i i obviously i'm much further south so um yeah allergies are weird one of those things like you forget how bad it is till you get them again And <laughs> you're like oh yeah, yeah. this is really cool. this is horrible i forgot how bad this was maybe um, yeah and it's possible I- that covid stuff reset people's allergies, kind of you know like they're tolerant mm-hmm. you know whatever because it hmm. affects your allergies is your body reacting to particles as if it's you know it's if it's as if it's you know like a, a, a you know whatever uh, a con- danger a, some type of yeah contaminant yeah um yeah. but i know that the two shot process for covid i think one shot prepares you your antibodies to react and the other and gives them something to react to sort of um mm-hmm. and that i you know it's entirely possible that does affect allergies um you yeah. know you know so I don't think we'll see, well, you know, we don't, because, because allergies are more of a nuisance than a, you know, life thing. I don't think we'll, we'll have any real understanding of how that two-step vaccine affects allergies and asthma and that kind of stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so. yeah.
1: It's just something that's kind of newish for me and just a lot of absent minded stuff. And um, I don't particularly care for it. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm finding myself you know just writing in my google calendar all the time and I, actually that's not a bad idea anyway but just i used to be able to depend on you know cracker jack mind and um it's it's not so cracker jacks it's more like any cap'n crunch or something something weird <laughs> anyway well how about you in virginia what's happening and exciting there
0: Oh, let's see. We got a orchestra kind of concert later today. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, well, because they've been practicing on Zoom <laughs> for like the last year and a half. Um, and so I think they've been practicing like together mm-hmm. for the first time like mm-hmm. a year for the last couple of weeks. Like once a week they go. There's a big, big outside uh, place where the bands assemble for video football games. That's let the, the Strings Project uh, practice once a week. You know so if the weather's not too bad, they can, you know. So they were supposed to do it two days ago, but then there was these, these horrible uh, lightning thunderstorms, so the wind was blowing really hard, and so this big kind of huge pavilion with open sides, you know, wouldn't have been very good. So they they got oh. on today, uh, but uh, Gregory has a solo uh, on the cello, so he's excited. Yeah, oh, we found out about great. it, I think, the day before that you know, the Rachel's schedule. Oh, you know, by the way, I have a, I have a solo, um, so that's exciting, <laughs> yeah, you know. that's
1: great oh cool i know to assemble you're gonna wear like tux
0: and you know black, black no tux? no they don't even want people okay. to stay no, normally you show up early all everybody's there early they have like eight different groups go like the, the, the people playing for the first time you know the second year the third year whatever And he, Gregor's gregerson whatever the highest group you have to audition into he's, he's very he's very very good uh especially mm-hmm. for his age um so usually sit through the whole thing and then watch him play you know and then you know you kind of but because of covid they only want you showing up right before your kid plays and then leave right after which is great sense. normally you sit around for three hours and you only watch your own kid for like two minutes you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the
1: perfect thing
0: so yeah and i don't mind it actually because even like the first like the first year group like you know they if you know if they played cross buns because you can remember wow oh, i remember when he was playing that you know um so but we also went to a, he, do a track. We went to a uh, track meet on Saturday and sat around for five hours and all got horribly yeah. burnt.
1: You know? Oh, I yeah.
0: like, oh, I, I haven't been to, a, you know, a, an athletic event and, you know, where you sit in the stadium in like two years because, you know, cool. because of COVID. Of um, yeah. So it's like, oh, I forgot. You know, it wasn't that hot out, you know, and it was slumped. Cloud covering, but if you sit out long enough, eventually you get you forget those things. Yeah, because yeah. there's only a few reasons you'd sit in one spot in the sun with no shade anywhere. It's because you're at a some type at of sporting beach. event. <laughs> yeah, at the beach or some <laughs> type of sporting event, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, so a little little everybody I mean, you know, got get yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have all Aww. been recovering for the last five, six days from from being being quite quite slowly but quite thoroughly burnt.
1: Five hours is a long time mm-hmm. to be out and about yeah
0: yeah and I don't think it was that bad until the until the very end mm-hmm. you know you started to feel it and by the time you feel it it's way too mm-hmm. late
1: right yeah oh sorry about that I wish we could get burned right now but no I don't I it's, it's funny just... because yeah good sorry no no go ahead. I as you know I'm not a big fan of humidity or you know lots of heat but it's been so rainy and chilly and kind of drizzly in new england that even i'm saying i want 80 degree weather like i can't wait to just be out in a t-shirt from you know in the house to outside and not have to it's just been very very cold so um yeah
0: it'll be good when it comes yeah yeah the the three weeks the three weeks of summer that you'll get will be great (laughs)
1: We get more than that, and it, it it usually yeah it usually starts later, but we get it until Septemberish. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, when I was living in it's... Hampshire, you tell the joke that there's two seasons. Yeah. July Fourth, winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we had some people yeah, come visit us a... and around the lake. It was like 87 degrees on July Fourth, and the next day it was like the high was 50 degrees. And they're like, what's this? I, I told you, you know, it's like we have two seasons July 4th and winter. <laughs> wow,
1: yeah, no, thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, we'll sit outside at night, you know, and it'll be like 48 degrees, you know, like at 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, oh, it's just feeling chilly, yeah, or or in New Hampshire, we'd call this a, a warm summer evening,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why you don't live there anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah, my wife still isn't no. recovering. From the first winter we lived there.
1: Yeah. Well, she's a New England girl, right? Born, born well, in New
0: England. Well, yeah, she moved around from Massachusetts, like Andover area, down mm-hmm. to New Jersey, to Pittsburgh. Yeah. But she yeah. like the free, she doesn't want to live any further north than where we are. Um, yeah. And I don't want to live any further south because New yeah, Hampshire, New South Carolina was just just hot all the time. Um, and so she likes the heat. So that that's that's our deep deep Jewish roots. It's all the way back, you know, to the <laughs> to the, the dry hot <laughs> desert. Or sure. um, my Irish and English roots, you know, it's like no, I'll melt. I can't be in the sun.
1: That's me, yeah,
0: yeah. So that's we're Jewish. stuck in the middle middle of Virginia, un, unable, you know, to move further north or south.
1: <laughs> oh, as long as there's peace, it's all good, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: between the north (laughs) and south cool oh well so yeah yes
0: (laughs) um it was kind of (laughs) um i would describe i don't know the last week was you know (laughs) um in general i have a lot to do and i've just been kind of overloaded and and uninspired about doing anything Mm -hmm. um so even some of the two minute stuff has been just kind of slow, and you know, and, and like oh, I'll sit and do it. Uh, but then two days ago, um, I saw the quill again that I was seeing like a week and a half ago, but it was gold and not red this time. And the Lord told me, "Hey, write on your heart, inspired." And as soon as I wrote "inspired" on my heart, it's like, "Oh wow, you know, I really, really feel excited about doing things again." <laughs> um, wow. So you can say, "Oh, I was feeling depressed and I got excited," but it's like. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. There was a bunch of uh, things I was seeing here and there. I was seeing like um, matrixes of uh, lines and crossovers, almost like a matrix thing, but I think that had to do with some code I was writing. Um mm-hmm. And I was seeing, oh, I don't know, some some garbage bags and garbage cans and stuff that I had to go, you know, in life I had to clean up, you know, physically go clean up. Like, oh, I should go clean that up, you know, <laughs> for the house. Um, and I was seeing a hatchet with a log. It's like, oh, some things I need to go, you, you need to go to process, you know, kind of kind of chop apart. Um, it was very pragmatic and and very. I was, I was just feeling really uninspired until I saw the golden golden quill and i wrote in my heart inspired and I was like oh wow no <laughs> there's lots That's of exciting cool. lots, lots of things i need need to do um and then often i'll see stuff and then i'll cure a verse but today actually when i did it i heard the, the verse uh, um uh, so i think micah four and i went in there and i slid to micah four four and it talked about uh, each of them will sit under his vine and under his fig tree and no one will make them afraid because the mount the lord of armies had spoken then also mm-hmm. I full the full the room I was in full of vines with leaves on them you know i don't you know <laughs> i don't know what wow. kind of vines but they were you know very green you know lush you know, like vines Growing, you'd but, see yeah. yeah with big big broad kind of like uh uh almost like um the shape of, you know like pointed rounded like, like like almost like green but like the shape of almost like you know like a, a spade on a card okay. you know kind of like, like wide, ivy? But- I guess, yeah, but wide at the base and then then down to a point at the tip, you you know, like 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 on a on a playing card that the shape of a spade kind of, yeah. um but there was a huge one over where I sit and do this exercise um, mm. then all of a sudden, I don't know, it's like all of a sudden lots of things i I think I've been trying to process and think about all of a sudden they've it uh things started being easier to think about or things made more sense again. And, and then I, I've been basically you know, poking around um, the last couple hours since I did that, I've been poking around scripture and looking up words, you know, and, and uh, ancient Hebrew meanings for things and stuff. Also, I, I feel really inspired. And yet I, I feel like all of a sudden it peace of mind to process things out. Um mm. So, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. So it's like a kind of a, most of a week of just small little pictures that, that, frankly, and I was like, oh yeah, I know what that means, but there's work attached to that. I don't, sure. I can do that. Right. It's right. kind of this depressed drudgery right. sense of, oh yeah, I should go, and just a whole this kind of obligation on things. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, once I wrote, when I saw the pen and he said, write inspired on your heart uh, yesterday, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, let me, let me go do those things now. Oh, shoot, this has great meaning. Oh, well, this has great depth to it. Um, so I don't know. Wow. It, it, it was just kind of slow and low the whole the whole week doing that. You know, seeing the, the, you know spending two minutes in attorney and seeing getting things. Um, yeah. It seemed like you know <laughs> real understand. chore. And all of a sudden, boom! It's like ah, <laughs> um, so it's good now.
1: That is awesome. Nothing like a gold quill from heaven, man. Yeah. So. I understand what you're saying about obligation and not, not just in the two minutes, but, um, and it might've been the, the effects of either, you know, things growing and allergies and all the gray, you know, days that I didn't think would ever you know, I'd be affected by, but I think I was kind of feeling that way. And it was like, how, how come one week to the next, there can be this kind of like ugh, over, but that's what it felt like for me. Um, so maybe I should ask for a gold quill to write something on on my heart. That's a good idea. Um, so was that your two minutes your, your total week?
0: Yeah, pretty much and I yeah <laughs> the the things I was seeing when I was feeling kind of slightly depressed and, and just you know, just slogging through it I, I, I you know I had a bunch more small little pictures, but it yeah, it, yeah. Um, but it didn't really turn a corner until until I saw the golden That's quill. Cool.
1: That's very cool. So I kind of have a consistent, I was looking at it. I've kind of got a consistent theme going that I don't realize until I go over it for the week. But on Friday, um, I was sitting on my sofa looking out my window and I heard in the garden. So I looked in the garden and I could see the trees, um, In celebration, I said, trees are clapping their hands. It was in response to the wind. Um, And so I started clapping my hands um, in response because I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to join in with them. Um, And a yellow finch perched up in the top of our prayer tree. And he's got a specific name. And I told God how beautiful he was. And I felt, um, i felt like i was walking with him in the garden um, just just seeing all this beautiful you know stuff and in, in celebration so i felt like we were kind of walking together and then um, i had a really interesting experience looking out the same window i heard i'm delighted with you and i i saw numbers in some of the things that i was seeing like I have a bird bath that I had three orange segments that I had cut for either the birds or the butterflies or bees to to have. And right to the right of that is a path that my husband kind of put like slates in. And it looks like a a definite three. And then I have these tulips that my neighbors gave me as a birthday gift. And they're bright orange. And so there were seven tulips. And so the three. Oranges and the birdbath and the seven tulips, and then this path was the three. All of a sudden I I heard some with uh, 33 six through seven. That's what I opened up. And I really liked it. Um (laughs) hey, it's beautiful. It's the unfathomable cosmos came into being at the word of the eternal's imagination, a solitary voice in endless darkness. The breath of his mouth whispered the sea of stars into existence. He gathers every drop of every ocean as in a jar, securing the ocean depths as his watery treasure. So I thought that was pretty lovely and deep. Um, And then yesterday, his presence was really thick in the room. And I was really enjoying that. And looking outside again, um, as soon as I looked out at that prayer tree, there were three red finches that immediately came up into the tree. And I heard my life matters to you, meaning my life, Mars life matters to you, God. Um, And this has happened before to the least of these, you know, the little, my little birds. Um, And I wrote my love and appreciation for them was how I can relate to his love for me richer than I can explain, small, insignificant, and yet huge. Um, and here's the thing. So when, oh, but I didn't even, oh, I skipped Tuesday. Okay. So that was yesterday. I wrote Wednesday in like bright purple. And that's what I get for writing Tuesdays in pencil because I went I'm not wearing my glasses because when I wear these headphones I can't see things but I my glasses tend to bend so um, I'm kind of at a loss here but on Tuesday I was having a really tough day and I wrote broken but not broken. Jesus showed me how undisturbed by my brokenness um, because he's the healer and that really freed me in a way that I can't explain other than it's probably what he was meaning to do. I sat and watched my birds free and saw myself flying under his eye full of pleasure. He's got the goods and he knows it. And that felt very transforming. And this is what I wanted to say about that was um, this breakthrough on something that seems like it's so simple that you might not want to bring it up because it feels like it either doesn't count or that people will already know it. And it's still profound. So it just, it just did something that he was not perturbed or disturbed by how I was, you know, what I thought about myself, because if I go to him, he's, he's already got this. So anyway, that, that was Tuesday and then Wednesday the presence was thick. And I was seeing the, the, the three finches right in a row nest up into the, um, the prayer tree. And so, um, and then today, um, yeah, kind of struggling with the way my head feels and um, struggled for a while with either seeing something or hearing something. And I just, again, heard, what do you need right now? What do I need from heaven right now? And I said, love and peace. And as soon as I said, love and peace, I was in his lap and love and peace says lap. And so I spent my two minutes curled up just with my head against his chest. And and I actually felt lighter and, you know, different than when I had felt all day. So that was, that was my two minutes in eternity this week. Uh Ah.
0: Wow. Those some sweet moments in there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And again, you know, that whole breakthrough when it feels like it's so simple that either you don't want to bring it up because it doesn't feel it feels like it doesn't count or people already know it. And it's like, well, it counts to me <laughs> if there's breakthrough. So it's like no matter what, if he's going to be bringing me to the same place, which is either in his lap or resting my head you know then that's you know if i need to be there for 50 years you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna complain or or jump ahead of the game and think anything because if that's where i need to be then that's where i need to be
0: yeah yeah well those are like i don't know what call them real bonding moments with real attachment with him mm-hmm. no. 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 Yeah. Well, so did you have any I don't know thoughts about the two minute exercise be- beyond your experience last week that you felt like sharing? Um,
1: well, I remembered a couple weeks ago what you you wanted to talk about and we didn't because we couldn't, we both couldn't remember last week, but I do, I did hear it. And um, so I wrote it down and it was basically when, you know, talk about what feeling safe within a group feels like, what that looks like.
0: Oh, right. Right. That isn't so much two minute. That's just in general. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, let, let me, that's, that's an interesting thing um, because um I just, um, with what I was just saying about, like, there are these tender moments where you spend time with God and you, real, you feel this real sense of attachment, you know, where like he's holding you and you feel like his touch. I remember years ago when I was working for a large ministry, you know, it was just it was just so hard to spend time with God when you're in ministry because it's all about, you know, other people and doing things people's needs and, and purpose. and uh, It's really hard to go and spend intimate time with the Lord. So I would just leave and I'd walk around the outside of the building because no one, you know, like no one could find me. And when I was doing that, I would feel his hand in my hand, you know, physically, mm-hmm. I'd almost feel like him touching me. Then eventually I'd feel him holding both hands. I was like, well, how are you, how are you holding both hands? How are you, how, how are you on both sides at the same time? And I just had this sense from him that, you know, really, um, in the spirit, you know, space isn't linear. He, you know, he can be on both my left and my right. Um, you know, because it's a wheel within a wheel kind of thing. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> the space time loops around and stuff. But it was it was awesome because, you know, like I didn't want to hear too much because then I had to go back. and I was a ministry, I'd have to use what I was hearing, you know, I didn't want to hear anything. And I want to get revelation because that was work. That was like I'd go and speak it and share it and teach on it. People want to know what God's saying. And if they see me go off and spend time with God and they come back and they know that God's telling me things that, so, you know, like they'll want to know what I'm hearing. There'll be pressure in my time alone with God to hear stuff because people want to know what he's saying. And so I was really determined not even to hear anything, just to be alone with him. Um, and to, so it wouldn't turn into, you know, like a harvest time to, oh, let me go get Revelation and I come back and people will want, you know. Um, so I had to protect the relational intimacy and safety with him by, you know, almost m- not making it a place where I was getting stuff that, it, that anybody else would want. You know, I was always holding my hand again. Oh, that's great, you know, whatever, you know. <laughs> so because it was meeting me, it was bonding to me you know and it's kind of that bond that a baby and a mother have you know when when the baby's born and the, and the mother holds the baby that skin to skin bond or you know when people first dating they hold hands you know you sit you sit with your you know your, your your spouse you know you know in an evening you know in in, in the, you know in the same couch you know, that mm-hmm. that touch that creates a bond um, and that bond is based on connection and safety you know, biologically, it releases oxytocin and, and, you know, there's trust. Even if there shouldn't be, you'll feel trust, you know, because there's right. that physical bond and the sense of safety. Um, and I think we need that with God to feel connected to Him. Um, and I think the purpose, like of a group of people where you're sharing is that you, you should feel connected to them and safe among them. So if you share something, you know that they'll be helpful, not harmful um you know and so yeah if you're doing the too many exercises you're going to share it with other people it should be people that like you don't think they're going to make fun of you (laughs) yeah um (laughs) when you something you know or rip it apart or, or you know turn it into a competition you know or go around and tell other people what you were getting you know in a way that makes you feel exposed you know not safe and not connected um and so i think the basis i think for humanity the basis of being safe is being connected to God. And that's supposed to be manifest in in the family unit, you know, between parents and children, Mm -hmm. um, the extended family, you know, your grandparents and your aunts and uncles, you know, they should be in your life because they're looking out for you because they're protecting you because they're keeping you safe. Um, and the whole basis for the church, from a Christian standpoint, I think church means like those called out, you know, like assembled in called by his name. Um, It's if you're with people who are called by his name, but you feel connected to and safe, then it's a great place, you know, to share your burdens and and share your illnesses and get prayer for the things you're struggling with. But you should feel relationally connected and you should feel safe, Um, you know, in a safe, connected place, you know, like people talk about the higher power and they, you know, and they they get grace from God to, to overcome alcoholism. And that's AA. You know, where it's anonymous from the world, but, but people inside the group know who you are. You know, <laughs> they, they know that last, whatever, last Christmas, and I, I've never been to AA. I'm just speaking based on, you know, what I've read and what I've watched in movies and TV shows and what people have shared. Um, but, you know, in that context, you can share your burdens and be safe because, you know, the, the people understand, you know, Understand, there, there's a God who cares for you, and they similarly also care for you because they see you as a person and are cooperating with God, you know, to, to for you to become who you're supposed to be and to have life. And so, whether that's a a or a safe family, or a, a, you know a some type of spiritual gathering of people, you know, who who, who are <laughs> uh, because the relationship with God are, you know are, are encouraging the life of God to manifest in each other. You know, those are safe places. Um, the problem is the name that goes along with it safe place, you know, can become, you know, toxic or be toxic. You know, it's people who grow up in, you know, with these dysfunctional families, in the sense that the family isn't protecting the members and they're they're causing harm. It's not safe to share. You don't feel bonded, right? It doesn't make you feel safer in the world. knowing you go back to this place where they know you, but you're protected from the world. You know, that's a, you know, whatever a toxic family is, a place where you're not safer inside the family than outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and likely, you know, also there's toxic meetings where, they're, you know, they tell you, hey, come here, you'll be safe, we'll help you, you know. And yet either A, um, there's not life and health and growth, or there's not the relationship, you know. There's not that hit, that hit relationship with people where you see, you feel known by them and, and kind of hidden from the world and your vulnerabilities, um, you know, maybe because it's too large, you know, and so it's too big to be, you know, too big to have relational bonds or, you know, you just don't have friends there or, you know. Um, you know, um, what they're experiencing, what you're experiencing, if you share what you're experiencing, you won't get people who are listening and affirming that they'll be like, what on earth is that, you know, and then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden it's a safe place. Um, And so by rather saying, hey, you know, if you're a Christian, you should go to church, you you know, you tell people, hey, if you're a Christian, you you know, you need to be the church, which means you need to be called by his name and assemble based on calling. And when you assemble with other people, you need to cherish them and protect them, right? And not expose their secrets to the world, but let them be known by you and strengthened by that relationship. So when they go out in the world, not only they know God knows them, but they know other people who know God knows, know know them. Um, I know that's a long, long, (laughs) all that to say is, if you're Spending two minutes in eternity on a daily basis, you know, because it sounds trendy and, and it's a really good Madison Avenue, uh, uh, you know, a formulation of, you know, basically the ancient spiritual practice of, you know, basically spending time with God as he is in eternity. Um, and it's fragile and it's sometimes frustrating or you're not sure what you're getting. You want to share that with a group of people who are probably practicing that or similar things that will understand the highs and the lows. You know, and and they're not going to use what you say to, you know, to promote themselves outside the group or, you know, to to go do something with it. They'll they'll listen to you and and give you feedback based on the fact that they care and see who you are, you know, want you to continue to walk with God. Um, And that would, you know, that's a safe place to share, you know, whether it's that say, hey, let's get together once a week and share how it's going like Mar and I are doing. Um, recording it, putting it in a podcast is less safe, but, but that's, that's really, really <laughs> educational others. Um, but I, you know, what do I, I, you know, whatever I, I doing ministry for long enough and spoke publicly enough and sharing spiritual practice for long. I, I, I really don't care if people are listening. I do care people listening for their benefit, but I, I really don't, for my benefit, I don't care whether they listen to it or not. Right. You know, uh, if a thousand people tell me, Hey, listen to your podcast, and it's great. It will not enhance my personal time with the Lord. In fact, it, it would, I would have to, you know, like, oh, wow, it's really popular. I'd have to, I'd have to overcome, you know, the ego would have to be overcome so that I could sit down like a child before him again, you know, and just hear him and a for myself. Yeah. Um, and so that, that, you know, and if people like, oh, I don't think that's God. That's fine. You know, I have enough history that I'm okay. If people don't, don't believe that whatever you're getting is from God, I, I, that's fine. I, it, it's, you know, like I have enough, you know, I have enough history with him that that's fine. Mm-hmm. um so yeah. i know that's a lot to say is that um we need you know as spiritual creatures to connect with god as he is in eternity because that's where he breathes his breath into us like he did to adam you know and on the sixth day he breathes basically from his eternal place and eternity into our temporal place and he fills the mud with air with the spirit you know, and as we continue to receive the spirit, we continue to be alive. So we, if we, as we connect with Him in eternity, that breath, you know, continues to blow inside of us. It gives us life. Uh, but to have a full expression, I think, inside, you know, this the earth and inside, you know, this timeline that we're living in this place, um, we need to be a people, which means we need to be sharing with other people. And I don't think the theology of it is important, you know. Like oh these people have to have the right doctrine it's important that these people are connected with god and see me as someone who's also connected with god and we're we're seeing each other in ways that maybe the rest of the world doesn't so that we're helping each other you know um Mm -hmm. and it's like their their express purpose is to be sober even though they're asking for a higher power to help them i think uh, in general, you know, if you're called by God's name, and if you may be calling yourself a Christian or a follower of Christ, or um, or even the Hebrews, you know, the Jews, you know, who, who are calling themselves after God, and you know, and you know, <laughs> they, you know, they think the Messiah is still coming, you know, um, or they're looking for the second coming. They didn't realize it was the first coming, or whatever. Um, if you're called by His name, and you're around other people who you see that they're called by his name and respond to him in eternity and they see you're called by his name and respond to him in eternity, you, you, can, you can hold each other's identities before God as, as you seek to grow in his nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whether that's an a, a accountability group just for the purpose of sharing the two-minute exercise or it's a, a weekly gathering in a building you know, um, where you share the words of the Lord in the sense that it should inspire you to, 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 to connect with him and become more like him, um, that community is important, I think. Uh, it's just, you know, the formality of it isn't important is so much as, as the the act of of basically being in a some type of larger family unit that's that identifies by being called by him, you know, versus just a bunch of people randomly assembled. Or doctrine or assembled based around a theory or assembled based around a leader. That's that's not that's not the Lord's people are ba- assembled based around him basically yeah, being spiritual family to keep you can safe and safe help each other grow um, so <laughs> long definition but that's what you want to share with you want to you want to feel safe and bonded to people as you share what you're getting from the you know you're alone you alone and yet you feel, feel affirmed firm. in what, you, what you're seeing and hearing from
1: yeah to me there's you know um a trust you know that the people that you're with that there's that the common commonality of of trustworthiness and that you can be raw and vulnerable and open and just like realistic like today was a crappy day or this is what God did as a result and it got turned around or uh, you know just to to be able to lay yourself bare kind of and say you know yeah we're we're utterly human um if you're in a group where people are all utterly human and sincerely wanting to, you know, spend two minutes in eternity and be with a bride and kind of help each other, you know, dust off the, the mud or, you know, clean it off a little bit or, you know, just from being, being together and being with Jesus. Um, it's a really, it's kind of scary in a way. I would think if, you know, you're not used to it or yeah, but yeah, the people that you're involved with, it it does, it does matter. You're all on the same like-mindedness. Yeah. Your desires. And as far as the the podcast being, having a thousand people listening to me, it's just a conversation on the phone. (laughs) That's all it is. So, you know, and, and if, if nobody is listening or it might be you know down the road that's for the time that it's appropriate that that they would hear this and but i would i would hope it would you know get people to, to do this kind of thing but
0: right right certainly yeah, yeah. <laughs> no no in fact this conversation works sharing the two-minute exercise works basically works fine because I, you know we're we're not really <laughs> we're sharing with each other. We just have to be recording it. We're not, you know, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not really speaking to the people listening. We're, we're actually sharing what we got with each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And the fact we were doing it before we were recording it just, you know, it <laughs> helps us <laughs> kind of have yes. that. It's true. It's true. It's just the two of us sharing, you know, because, you know, even if people listen to it, they're not listening to it live, you know, it's so in this conversation right now, right here, you know, th- it's just the two of us talking, sharing what we were getting in the last week in a two minute exercise um, Absolutely. And that's why it works. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and I would say to anybody who's doing the two minute exercise, you know, spending two minutes in eternity, you know, um, that sharing is an important aspect, uh, you know, in some way, in some kind of relational context, sharing on a regular basis, how it's going is important. Um, because it, 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 uh, I know you go off and do it and you get some things, but then you talk about it out loud with somebody else. And all of a sudden, you know, there's insight and feedback and there's a reality and like affirmation of faith by saying things out loud that you walk away. Like, you know, you could think you saw something and write it down and you're more sure you, you wrote it down. But when you tell someone what you saw and you leave, you, you have greater insight, but also greater faith that, that you actually saw something or heard something or felt something or, you know, felt this touch or knew his presence or you're indeed feeling his love um, the, 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 confession of faith saying, Hey, I felt this, I felt him hold me and I felt loved. Um, the confession of faith, you know, affirms the truth of what happened. Um, you know, so Yeah. Th- so that's, th- th- that's why that's why sharing is important and that's why it's important for it to be a safe place to share. Um, yeah. I had some other thoughts. I just want to throw them out there. Um, you know, because, hey, two minutes in eternity is a great Madison Avenue uh, a formulation of, of, of you know, spirituality in, in some type of modern way, you know, for, for, for a hectic lifestyle. <laughs> uh, and yet, um, you know, we see Adam and Eve walking with God in the cool of the evening. Um, we see uh, um, that uh, Isaac was basically spending time alone outside, you know, when um, his father's servant came back with Rebecca. Um, we see there's a lot of times, and yes, maybe they're praying, but prayer is is a is an important thing. Is in prayer, you're you're talking to God, or you're asking for things, you're confessing things, you're interceding. You know, and so certainly in the context of prayer, you, you are looking to connect with God as He is in eternity, and for that relationship to sustain you. You know, until till you do it again on a regular basis. You know, the next day, the, the next evening, or the next morning. We often see this happening at at uh, in the cool of the evening, like as days turning to night, um, or or in the in the morning, often in, in dawn. You know. Um, and I think it's because that the rising and the setting of the sun, the interface of the sun kind of setting reminds people that, that there's something beyond just the local location. You look up and you see the sun going down over the mountains or coming up over the mountains or going down over the ocean and coming up over the ocean is the sense that, Oh, wow. You know, there, there is a source of light that exists outside just this local location, you know, and it's a time of change and transition. Um, and, you know, it's, it's where you often feel God's presence. I would also say this, you know, in many many faiths, and particularly uh, uh, Judaism, um, you know, often when they when they were in exile, they would. Well, even before they went into the exile, a lot of prayer practices were centered around facing the tabernacle, because on, in the tabernacle was was the um, the ark of the covenant on top, of the ark of the covenant was, you know, the mercy seat, and the mercy seat was the pre- where the presence of God would, you know, when it would, the light would descend and fill the tabernacle, that's where it was sitting in the mercy seat. It's where the, you know, it, it basically represented the, it was a, a model of the, the the throne room of heaven that John sees in Revelations, you know, and so that's the throne with the presence. So they're facing the presence of God as he's manifesting locally from eternity, and all those rituals and prayers, and those, there's there's basically a, um, required, you know, that's, uh, public ceremonies of, of, of interacting with God was centered around, you know, the fact that inside the community was a tabernacle, inside the tabernacle was the, the Ark of the Covenant, on top of the Ark of the Covenant was the mercy seat, and on top of the mercy seat was a manifestation of God's presence as it connects to who he fully is in eternity, that they were facing him, basically, connecting with, to God as he is in eternity, um, and uh, I just want to say that. And so, of course, after the tabernacle got moved to Jerusalem, you know, as the Jews were in exile and whatnot, they were often faced Jerusalem because they knew that's where the, the manifestation of God on earth as he is in eternity was happening is, is in the tabernacle. Um, and so it's really interesting actually um, um, in, 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 <laughs> in when Muhammad was still on the earth, they, they first started praying towards Jerusalem. It wasn't until later that they started Facing Mecca, Uh, it was Mm -hmm. almost like they were being drawn (laughs) to to pray in that direction. Um, So I just want to say, not to over spiritualize everything, but even in traditional practices of prayer, turning to face the manifestation of God on Earth as He's coming from eternity. Whether it's God walking in the garden with Adam and Eve in that paradise place, you know, surrounded in the wall in the garden is where where heaven would touch earth, eternity would manifest you know, in time and on earth. They were spending time with God as he is an eternity in eternity, as he was manifesting on earth, but, 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 you know, manifesting his eternal presence there um, or whether it was, uh, you know, after the resurrection of Jesus and the disciples are uh, um, they're on the road to Emmaus and all of a sudden pff, there's a manifestation of Jesus. Now who's, you know, who's arisen from death <laughs> And yet, they don't fully understand. They don't fully recognize him, but they're they're connecting with him as he exists in eternity. You know, while they're walking down the road, and they don't even know who it is. Mm. Um,
1: right.
0: You know, so you know, um, if two minutes in eternity sounds like at you know some type of manufactured easy practice, I, I'm just 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 interface between you know, I I say modern behavior science, like, Hey, you know, habit should be less than two minutes. And in fact, eternity doesn't require a minute. It doesn't require a second. It doesn't require half a second. It's a moment where all of a sudden, boom, you feel connected to him. You know, it transcends time. Um, That the practice of connecting to God as he is in eternity, you see manifested all all throughout scripture and, you know, modern church and, and medieval church history, the mystics, um, movements on earth where also in the presence of god shows up people start getting healed and people are prophesying the day of pentecost there's these moments you know where, where you connect to god as he is in eternity you know there's an outpouring of the spirit you know that happens but there's a connection in relationship to him you know which is what keeps you on target in the midst of the power of the spirit pouring out is the connection to him that bond and that safety um so yeah i just i was just I don't know. It, it just—it was; those thoughts were hitting Excellent. me. I, I,
1: yeah. yeah. Excellent.
0: Now you had a dream that you sent me. I did. I'm Indeed. shifting. This, this is my very, very deliberate shift from talking about two minutes in eternity to You're pivoting um, now. Yeah. <laughs> dream once, interpret twice. Um, because I—I I don't. I've been I have been sleeping very well. I've been staying up past two in the morning. I'm uh, just not Ooh, sleeping. So gosh. I have been remembering my dreams. So when I get a dream from ours, it's like oh, not that I have to interpret, it's like, oh man, I need to start having dreams so I can be inter- dreaming once and interpreting twice. <laughs> mm-hmm. So
1: um, are you bringing this up because you did have one? Cause or are you just, no, gonna...
0: uh, no, no. What I'm going to do is we'll talk about yours. All and right. Then, and, and, and then I'm going to make a very, 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 very deliberate effort to, uh, not only get sleep tonight, but also wake up at a, you know, at a, at a the right time to, to write down a dream. Oh. So that I, so I, I could, I could stay in, in the proper balance of dreaming once and interpreting twice.
1: Cool. Yeah. That was an interesting dream. Do you want me to read it?
0: Yeah. Um, if you have it in front of you.
1: I do. I do. Okay. I was renting a small space within a mall. The amount of rent was $50 per month. I was going through items in our house that I could put in this space. I had two sets of weird pieces. They looked like small children's chairs, but they were also a tomahawk. At one point, I am talking to my niece about selling her boutique dresses in this space.
0: And that was it. All right, so I, I had a question. Um, yeah. So the items for the house were, the space was for, I seem to be like a boutique because you thought your niece would also sell stuff in the boutique.
1: It was a small space, but no, I, I was just gathering things that I could offer.
0: Right. Um, right. To offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To give away or to sell or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Um. All right. But, so this is the, go ahead.
1: Okay. Sorry. What I didn't um say was the, the, the two weird pieces or the two sets, it was two and two. Um, they were in my signature blue. Like I have this like signature blue that kind of pops up in every room. Um, and that's like, that's for me, that's lots of color. Cause I'm like black and gold and red, you know, kind of thing, but it's this specific blue. And so that said something to me, but they were tiny. They looked like children's chairs, like, and I don't know how they could also be like a tomahawk, but they were very little. And
0: oh, they were and, like both. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Ah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, let me walk through what I got when I read this. I want to say I'm very excited now when I get a dream because I was like, oh, I need to go dream. I don't think, oh, I have to interpret this. Oh, no. Interpreting is the easy part, you know, for me. <laughs> you know, I think that sound cruel. I mean, they're is struggling with it. But like the fact that it spurs me, to, oh, I need to go have a dream so that I am yeah. dreaming and interpreting. I'm not just interpreting. Mm-hmm. Um, So. Um, interesting, right? Because renting is a temporary thing, um, you know, because you don't own it, you know? Uh, and so I, my sense is this is about, you know, a, a temporary time, you know, um, and I, the mall has to do interfacing with the world, right? Because it's like the market square, or the town square in a modern sense. I guess today that would be Zoom, but, but a year ago, a year and a half ago, the mall, you know, was public <laughs> gathering. So this is about you interfacing with the world, um, the 50 is interesting because I, 50 to me has to do with, uh, um, it's the width of the arc in cubits. And I've always felt as 50 as basically the the smallest amount that you need to carry something big enough to repopulate the entire earth. Um, mm. you know, because inside the width of the arc, it was, you know, two of every animal, you know, enough to repopulate the earth. Um, and and so that you're going to see what's in your house, so you're interfacing with the world, you know. Um, fifty also has to do with grace because it's 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 five times ten. And You say, oh, that's that's just weird faith math. Well, actually, if you read in Hebrew, um, the word fifty basically means lots of fives. That's that's what it means in, in the in the pictures. It's lots of fives. It's it's the word. It's the Hebrew word for five, a, a tent peg to basically multiplication. It's lots of fives. Um, and so. This small children's that's chair cool. is interesting because, yeah, I think that's a place of, of, of humility because it's you know, like it's, it's uh, you, if you're a parent, and you ever go to a, a, ch- a teacher's conference. When you go in there, the teachers make you sit in the kids' chairs, you know, so the teacher sits in the teacher's chairs and you sit in the kids' chairs and, you are you know, you're about a foot lower, even though when you stand up, the, you know, <laughs> you're a lot taller than the teacher. But when you're sitting down, you're a lot shorter than the teacher. Um <laughs> And so something about you know, warfare, the tomahawk, and, and, and the, and the, the, the child-likeness in the children's chair. Um, and you're talking to your niece about, so this is the thing. I think this is about a temporary, like a, a temporary season, right? That You're you're renting a space, a small space for a while in a mall, a temporary season of offering things that the world needs. Um, and I think it has to do with, you know, approaching God like a child, being humble, and also being able to fight, um, you know, so you know i think this is about the season you're in where where you're interacting with the world and you're helping people approach god like a child and you're helping him helping them fight for what they need um there's just just great the rent is grace it's god's abundant grace he's pouring out um Mm -hmm. so i that's conversationally you know but like this is about you know you the season you're in it's a temporary season where you're out in the world helping people approach god in humility and yet learning how to fight for what they need Mm -hmm. um You do that well, mister. Yeah. Right. Um, Oh, so then the niece is interesting because this, I think this is also about, you know, what follows behind that is um, being equipped and, and, you know, um, and, and, and not just receiving the grace you need to survive through the temporary season, but then now being, you know, basically dressed gracefully for what's coming next. Um, And this is the thing that really hit me with a 50 just to show you how my mind works. Oh, this is, this is 50. This is about, you know, a season like, like Noah had, where you have some things (laughs) from the last season that are necessary to what's coming and you're preserving them through transition, like the ark, So that uh, coming out of this transition, people, you know, the world will have what it needs to grow and thrive and be alive. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're carrying with you things that people need basically to, to, to get through this transition and, and to, to be ready for what's coming.
1: Wow. Well, so that's really, really good. I mean, this is the way my mind works. Wow, 50 cents, not 50 cents, $50 a month. That's cheap for rent. <laughs> it's really good. Um so yeah, so I, I got the marketplace um and I put out in the world to reach people coming in. Um And then I just asked the question, what is it in my life that others can use or want? Um, Unique things, specific things for specific people, Um, because they were weird, you know, weird pieces. And it's like, who's going to want that? Um, But to me, it was very specific. Um, And the fact that the, the marketplace is a broader market, you know, it's a broader place. But the things in my house that I was bringing into that were specific and something from, you know, my
0: smaller. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. what a boutique is, right? You talk about boutique dresses at the end of your niece. Boutique, mm-hmm. a boutique is someplace that everybody can access, but it has very specific custom things that you're looking for something that fits either yourself or who you're buying it for. Um, yeah. you're, you're looking, you know, you're looking for a, a, you know, like a, like a, a, handcrafted piece or something that, that specifically fits. She like
1: literally a, has that. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah.
0: Really does. I think it's so, interesting yeah. in the context of you do, you know, talking about the two minutes in eternity, because I think we both sit when we do it. And it's a two minutes the two minute exercise, spending time with God in eternity is a small, humble activity, like sitting in a child's chair. Um mm-hmm. but it's also I think fighting, you know, for spiritual connection through this time, this turbulent time. The world's going through change. The church is going through change. I do not know what the church will look like in two years. I know how it's looked, you know, two years ago, isn't going to be what it looks like in two years. And I think people are having a hard time, you know, kind of getting through the season of, of massive change you know. And I think, I think, you know, some of the things you're offering to you know, to those you are connecting with the world through this time of turbulent change is, is a, you know, this, this, you know, the grace that God's pouring out um, and, and the small acts of humility that, that connect with God relationally, but also that also help us fight, you know, to get, you know, to break through to the next season. Um, so
1: yeah and it's funny that you mentioned the arc because it was two sets of the weird pieces
0: you know yeah yeah the 50 and the two yeah
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's very cool yeah the 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 tomahawk that that was such a mystery to me um and i was like well it was you know native americans and you know they traded stuff and it was hand to hand you know and Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, but thank you for shedding light on that because that was that was a, a conundrum to me. That makes total sense. Hmm.
0: Yeah, Seems so that so set weird. me off. Just so you know, <laughs> it set me off because it's really, really interesting, right? Because like 50 is basically the the Hebrew word for, um, especially in the context of the Ark, <laughs> the Hebrew word for five attached, you know, 10 peg to the pitcher of water, meaning it's a multitude of fives. Um, mm. the Hebrew word for five is not something that mathematically adds up to five. It's a, basically, it's a pictorial representation of what happened on the fifth day. Um, mm. so, you know, on the fifth day is where, um, um, life was given, you know birds and in and, and, and birds in in you know birds and fish were, were released you know in, into creation on the fifth day and it's really I I don't know how but it's really interesting because the word five isn't about water and air it's really about the barrier between the two it basically the the pictorial Hebrew word for five basically implies that life proliferated from the boundary between air and water Wow. And so basically, you know, fish exist from the surface of the water down. They, they, they fish can only exist when there's air in the water. Um, and essentially above the water, is birds, you know, those things that fly exist from water being in the air, meaning that, you know, like, like life above the water that lives in the air has to have water. You know, without water, you know, in desert places, everything dies. But if you're below the water, you need air. So it's really interesting. It implies that God processed life out of, out of the boundary between water and air. Um, it's really, really interesting, you know, because, you know, all yes. life breathes air. So if you're underwater, you have to get that air in the water. But if you're above the water, you have to, you have to constantly be drinking water. Otherwise, you'll die, too. It, it's water in the air. The others air in the water. It's just really, mm. really interesting. And it has wow. nothing to do with it being the five just... The word five just basically means basically life proliferating on between the boundary of air and water now often like in christian circles they will talk about the word five meaning grace because grace is basically god blowing air into us you know into he took mud and he blew air into it you know so that's what he did in the fifth day with with the the fish and the birds he he blew air into water um so you need mud you need water and you need air to have life uh, it's really interesting. It's, it's when he, he's blowing air into the boundary between air and water. So people say, hey, I need grace. Like, yeah, you need you God to pour life, you know, in, in, into the boundary of air and water. Um, so I, I know it's a deep pictorial keeper lesson. <laughs> sure <laughs> is. That's <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, I'm not going to complain when I talk about my birds so much. <laughs> There's so much there. That was that was really that's very very cool. Uh, and I never knew that about about um, five and fifty and all that stuff.
0: So. I didn't so much either. I mean, I've been interpreting dreams for a long time. And I knew fifty was with the arc. So I was like, oh, it has to do with you know a mass of people or 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 grace for a mass of people to get them through the season they're in because that that's that was the arc. Um, but yeah, today I was like, oh, I need to you know i think it's probably because i you know i saw the word inspired written in my heart in the golden quill yesterday i I feel like oh i really need to i need to understand five i just need to um Mm. not because it's work or not because it's a burden or not because it's something i have to act on It's just i just i just want to you know um so
1: i love when god gives us pieces of the puzzle to figure out you know to kind of dig a little bit more into it he's not going to give it you know maybe as easily that's why dreams are so weird and mysterious you know because it's not just you know laid out this is this so yeah
0: yeah yeah and in fact the, the the hebrew word uh for dream or the aramaic word for dream chalam it has to do with 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 pulling through the boundary between you know the spiritual realm you know mysterious things you know, it, it's like when we're sleeping, you know, the, the boundary between heaven and earth where m- mysteries are being pulled through to us. Mm. Um,
1: it's in our place there.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's dreams are about encountering the mystery, you know, um, not so much about getting instructions of that absolutely can happen in it, along with it, but it's, it's, it's just a season where you're interacting with mysteries. So you just wake up with the mysteries that you're encountering while you're sleeping, you know, just pieces of the mysteries.
1: Well, thank you. Go get some dreams.
0: Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, we'll see how it goes. We'll talk about it next week. Um, Sure. We could even talk specifically about what to do when you're not remembering your dreams. Now we'll hmm. be going back through everything I've been telling people the last long time, 15 years, and applying them to myself. Yeah. <laughs> get some, yeah get some also exciting I news. Know. This is the first okay. podcast we've done in a while where it didn't, uh, didn't fall apart in the middle.
1: Hey, hey.
0: <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> no reconnections, no drop calls. <laughs> Isn't that something?
1: Oh, my goodness that's good yeah and your wi-fi sounds good i noticed um in listening to a couple of them um sometimes if if there's a weird thing it you can hear you talking and me talking over but it's not like the normal where we'll just jump in and like do a conversation together and then we say oh sorry but it's like a we it's very strange so i don't know if that's a wi-fi thing or if it's catching up or what what that is but um it was pretty clear today i think hopefully knock on knock on well my we'll head. see
0: because i think when yeah. there's overlap we didn't notice it while we were speaking Uh-oh. i'm trying to get back into the habit you know if if someone stops speaking it's like i probably need to count like in my head two misses before i speak because <laughs> uh if there's a sync you, you know you might have already noticed like two seconds and they are speaking already so you know um uh-huh. you know so I, i'm trying to get back into to good good uh, audio recording habits
1: Um, Yeah. So if the two of us start talking over each other in a normal fashion, it could (laughs) do something weird through that.
0: Well, no, no. Just talking over each other is doesn't make for a good recording. Number one. No, it doesn't. Um, And number two, if there's a lag, it's harder to know, you know, if you're waiting for the lag or the fact, or if the person's already speaking again. Gotcha. So if you wait half a second, oh, the lag might have caught up near the first person speaking. But if you wait like a second or two, I just say in my head, I'm trying to remember like, oh, Mara stopped speaking. Let me wait a second or two to make sure that, you know, she didn't have a lag and I was already speaking and I don't realize it. Uh, That's all. Um, I understand. I'm not trying to complicate it. I was just saying I'm starting to get in the habit of you know, like you want, not only do you not want to interrupt someone, you know, which is maybe a habit I have sometimes when I talk to people, but you also, because it's, yeah, Sometimes there's a lag, you just, I'm just trying to wait a second or two, Um, you know, so this, this is obviously meta conversation about, you know, doing a podcast. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have the bad habit of of doing that. And I think it's, I think part of it is that when I have a thought, um, and I don't want to forget it, but that's not a good reason so it's like i you know i've been trying to be careful because i definitely don't want to
0: uh, do that anyway. all right well mara may you and me and everyone out there uh, encounter god as He is an eternity on a daily basis yeah until next This has been the Growing Eternity podcast with Mara and Jim. For more information, including how to record and submit questions, or coming on the podcast to talk about your own journey with Two Minutes in Eternity, Dreaming Once, Interpreting Twice, and Growing Eternity Anonymously, go to growingeternity.org. This is my spiritual disclaimer. I have a personal relationship with Jesus, whom through faith I know to be God's Son. Through Him I know God the Father, who has poured out God the Spirit on all flesh. I believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God and is both factually and symbolically true, although some passages at different times have a greater emphasis on either facts or symbols. I believe that our translations, interpretations, and applications of Scripture are imperfect, but through, but that through the Spirit we are led into all truth. You do not need to have the same understanding or faith as I do to benefit from or participate in this podcast or the practices discussed. If you are seeking a higher and better power of some sort, we will have some common ground. Please feel free to adapt these podcasts to your own personal journey and perspective. Although I believe God offends the mind to reveal the heart, It is not my personal intention to cause offense to any specific person or group rather that all people might be offended by the truth, comforted by the Spirit, and transformed as a result. I believe in prayer, but in general I am trying to avoid enabling a consumer spirituality whereby people would listen to prayer and feel that they themselves acted spiritually. It is the purpose of this podcast to inspire you to daily spend two minutes in eternity with God. Dream, interpret your own dreams and the dreams of others, to gather in safe, anonymous, and accountable spiritual communities. To that end, I pray that God the Father would pour out His Spirit of grace and mercy on you, that He would manifest righteousness and justice in your lives, and that He would open your senses to observe Him, so that you might know him forever. I pray specifically that there would be grace to spend time with him and mercy where we fall short. I pray this by the blood and the name and through relationship with Jesus.